everybody, and welcome back to the Wild Orgasmic Wisdom Podcast, where we explore the unified field of ecstatic genius underlying our everyday realities. I'm your host and quantum priestess, Kimberly Baudet, and my guest today is a 13-year veteran master esthetician who is five-star and five-diamond trained with a focus in sugaring hair removal and customized facials for diverse skin types and conditions. She's also an army veteran, a mother, and a lover of life, and I am so pleased to have the chance to speak with her today. Please welcome to the show, Carla Ross. Hi. Hi, <laughs> Carla. <laughs> yeah, it's so great to see you. It's been, gosh, it's been a couple, it, no, it's been many years since we actually Yeah, it has. It's been too long. I'm so happy for technology right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, technology is really a blessing for all of us right now. Yeah. You did a great intro. I was like, who is that? <laughs> <laughs> That's you. Oh, huh? <laughs> I'm so grateful. Thank you. And I love, I love your hair. It's always so beautiful. Every time I see you, Kimberly, listen, I'm going to be deep conditioning for the rest of the year. Okay. So you might see me in a hat for the rest of the year. <laughs> you look fantastic like that. I would never know you, you got your deep condition conditioning going on under that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm really curious um, because I know that esthetician work, you know, on the surface, it might seem like it's just about looking good or hair removal or whatever. But I think those of us who know, know that it's kind of like a deeper practice. Like you're kind of a therapist in a way I would imagine. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's one of those things where um, you find what's happening intrinsically comes out extrinsically. And it's not just a pimple, you know, it starts from our dietary choices, but even deeper than that, why are we making some of those choices, especially in this era of so much knowledge, you know, Pisces age, you know, knowledge and all of that. And having that at your disposal, we know better, so you, you expect to do better. But it's not always that cut and dry, you know, so, um, you know, touch is healing automatically. And so we're connecting to people, but we're also connecting to um, some of their pain. You know, it's traumatic for someone who um, sees someone like me, you know, I'm going to be 42 this year and they're like, what? And yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, they, they'll see my skin and they're like, you know, they're dealing with acne, you know, or they're dealing with um, hyperpigmentation and they're like, you know, how can I empathize with that? Um, and so they're having to trust me with also seeing the deeper, you know, um, things that we won't, you know, we don't want to expose or some things that we're not aware of and maybe ashamed to talk about. Like, yes, I sneak and eat chocolate, you know, at 12 o'clock midnight and, you know, but it's also because I'm stressed out or because I work so much that I'm not able to make better food choices and health choices. And I always tell people, it doesn't matter what you tell me, your skin will tell on you. <laughs> and so um, we, we essentially have to be therapists in so many ways because we have to hear the deeper root of what people are not saying. You know, like if you're not going to be practical about your skincare, I got to hear that. So I have to be able to be intuitive enough to not recommend something to you that's going to be far fetched. You have a bunch of products that you don't even use. Or I save, you know, I, I could save myself, you know, time and effort to just giving you something streamlined directly to you. And then you feel better about what you have because it's customized you know so yeah we're we're many things just like hairstylists and um you know barbers and you know all the people who really sit and have the ability to have one-on-one -on -one, uh with anyone it's always an energetic exchange and so um i'm grateful for this but i'm telling you it is it is not for the faint of heart you know because you'll see things and you'll also um have to balance that some of this is not just about vanity you know, um, and some of these things are also mentally what we've been conditioned to believe is beauty or the standard of beauty. So yes, I know I gave you a whole bunch, but that's how deep the rabbit hole can go, you know, with yeah. being an, an esthetician and anyone of the touching and healing arts for sure. Yeah, yeah, thank you for that answer. Yeah, it just opens the door to understanding really how deep 
this is, how deep this work is and how much it can really help somebody to be able to share those things that you might not want to tell like your partner, like, yeah, I stay up late eating chocolate at midnight or, or whatever it is. Um, and you know, you're a water sign like I am. So I would imagine that you've had to do some work in your life around boundaries and, you know, not like absorbing too much energy from other people. <laughs> oh, oh my God. You know, like even listening to all the philosophies of our greats, like Bruce Lee, you know, being like water, but also too, knowing that water seeks its own level, um, water can be contained. It's so many things that I've, I've explored about myself in dealing with many different people and caliber of, of audiences that come to me, not just for skincare, you know, just for, you know, just interaction, you know, and, and advice. Um, water is a very, <laughs> it's, it's a very interesting force. It's powerful, it's cleansing, um, but it's also very expansive. And I've had to, I've had to really expand my boundaries, but finding the ability to be free flowing at the same time, because I want people to be free and open enough to say and share, but I also want to be able to come home and not feel like I have to emotionally vomit and be like, what is that? You know, what did I just take on? Why am I feeling this kind of way? And then having to differentiate what is my stuff versus what someone else's stuff. And I'm saying stuff because I used to curse a little bit, you know, military in New York, but I didn't know about your audience. So I don't want to offend anybody. Everything's, everything's okay here. Everything is uh, acceptable. But, so, okay. So, yeah. yeah, that's pretty much it. Like it, it becomes a, a balancing act you know, in understanding, um, as even from a professional standpoint, you know, how far you can go in your guidance and how far personally um, I want to dig into sharing with the person, um, you know, so we don't cross those boundaries. And then I can yeah. go home and feel spiritually edified, but not taken, you know, like, oh my God, you know. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any specific practices that you do on a regular basis, like before Absolutely. after you meet with clients? Absolutely. Um, a lot of grounding. Like I, I, I touch wood, you know, um, I understood that, um, I know people laugh at tree huggers, um, but when I understood about trees, how they are one of the forces of nature that literally withstand storms. Um, and I figured, you know, wood is a very grounding material. So I would either have like a little piece of it if I don't, um, Breathing always helps me. Um, there is an amazing, amazing sensei, Shifu friend of mine, um, who's also been like a father to me in a past life. And um, he told me the most profound thing, and I always keep this in mind too. Um, he says, always say three words to yourself. And after these three words, you take 10 deep breaths. And what it is, is what is, is. And then ten, after 10 deep breaths, whatever it is that was in that space, the questions, um, anything that was going on and plaguing your mind will bring you to a place of center to where you'll either be open to whatever it is you need to know um, or whatever needs to remove itself. You know, it'll do that because you'll be in a level place of acceptance and surrender. Um, he didn't tell me all that. I, that part I gathered on my own because you know how they do like, yeah. self-mastery, you know? <laughs> You have the glow. <laughs> so, um, so, but that I did, I did gather that from experiencing implementing that with breathing. Um, also to verbalizing. Sometimes, you know, I'm gonna just keep it 100% real. Sometimes you don't have the crystals, you don't have the inkets and trinkets and the, the long incantations and the mantras. I mean, I've been there, I'm gonna be 100%. Um, sometimes you just gotta speak what it is that you want and feel powerful inside enough to know that what you say will be. So sometimes like I'll have a client and they're dealing with stress at work, you know, and we've gotten to a space of calming down their inflammation or their acne and then it flares up out of nowhere and then they have an event in two days, you know, and they're looking to me for the miracle cream and then they're looking at my face like I never have, you know, <laughs> even I have my own, <laughs> I have my own challenges, but they're not the same. And so Literally, I would just say, you know, to myself, 
whatever it is I need to give and be to this person at this moment, let that be in that space and that they feel calm enough to know that they're beautiful no matter how much they are in this space of anxiety, no matter where they go and how they show up and let their situation work out. You know, um, there are times where I ask, you know, you let this space be cleaned of anything that is not going to be serving to both me and this client. You know, um, sometimes I would just even just be like, as I breathe out, I'd like be gone, you know, <laughs> out of here, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, or, you know, physically like doing a dusting off of the shoulders, you know, um, shaking it off, you know, getting myself to have movement, um, singing, humming, you know, sometimes helps. Um, just really being in a space of uh, allowing whatever you feel that you need to do to physically, because we're tag, you know, we need tactile things, hence why we need to burn and rip and see it. But whatever you need to do to match up with what your head is saying you need to feel, sometimes I just do, do that, you know. Um, there's no real rhyme or reason, especially in this point, at this point, you know, in life, because some of us may not have access to resources of, you know, some of the things I mentioned before. Um, so just knowing as long as you have breath, as long as you have a voice and you have intention, you know, I tell people all the time, we all pull from the same heavens. The difference is intention. And so if you're having enough faith about what it is that you're wanting to create for yourself, for that client, you know, whatever it is, if you speak it, it'll happen. You know, if you just do it that way, it'll work. So <laughs> yeah. <Personally. laughs> yeah, totally. Beautiful. It's easy to forget the simple wisdom that you're sharing, but it's so authentic. And there is this component to it that's really, for me, the word that comes to mind is surrender, like surrendering into the tree, surrendering into the breath, um, you know, whatever tools you have, like you said, you might not have a lot, but you've always got the earth underneath your feet. You've got your breath. You've got your own hands that you can place on your body. You can move, you can shake. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's what it means to be childlike, um, is to go back to what seems so simplistic, but when you look at a child, it's like they had like the blast. They have the most amazing times with this, <laughs> with the toilet roll holder, you know, like something most random. And you're like, they're so amazingly happy and content. And it's simply because uh, the simple things are really the larger things um, that even like with, you know, Kung Fu and any martial art, you know, form that if you don't understand the basics, if you can have like 8,000 black belts, you you can't warrant that level of skill if you don't have the basics down pat more than anything and so to me it's the foundation you know we lose sight of our purpose when we're not standing on a firm foundation of what can i do to make sure that i stay grounded in my connection with people you know at all times no matter what space i'm in profession you know, and all of that. And so you never have to feel like you're having to return to yourself. You're always there, you know, so. Yeah. <laughs> I want to, to ask kind of a really broad question, which is, why do you think that society, Western society at least, tends to try to pull us out of this natural kind of being in the present moment? Um, well, two things, fear. And uh, fear has a lot of sister, sister breeded things that come along with it, like control. Um, you, you have to understand like fear in a deeper level to understand why people want to control you. And sometimes the freedom of others makes other people, other people fearful of the possibility of that same freedom that they're secretly longing for. So I do believe that at times we do experience things in other people that are alive in them that are dormant within us. And whether or not it's to be either a moment to wake the sleeping monster or to keep it um, you know, asleep, that depends on the experience. But I feel the more that we get closer to nature, um, the more we see how tethered to God we've always been, whatever you call God and whatever God is to you or not, um, 
the creator to me has a, a very profound way of reminding us that we're just a piece of a microcosm and that there's way more to, you know, like we joke about it, like there's more than meets the eye, like Transformers, but it's true, you know. Um, I think also too that we're we're having to face the reality of our mortality and to see people free inside of that and you don't have that same freedom it it can ignite so much more angst where people have such a fight or flight response to love and instead of embracing it like you said or surrender it becomes a place of contention because they're resisting it. And so um, all we can do is love more. And, you know, but I still know karate, so I don't play. <laughs> that was such a great, that was such a great left turn. I love it. I'm serious, like, everybody's like, oh, unicorn farts and baby bubbles. Listen, Sometimes you got to take out the pistol to let a person know. I mean business. I love God, but guess what? You want your pinky toe? Be nice. <laughs> Be kind. Leave the kids alone and honor the women and take care of the planet and shut the heck up. Yeah, yeah. And we need this energy. We need this energy uh -huh. sometimes of like, uh-uh. Don't, no, mm -hmm. don't, fuck with, don't fuck with us. Don't fuck with me. Don't fuck with them. Yeah. Like that we need that sometimes to be able using that anger, that desire to set a firm boundary. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, no shame about being <laughs> <laughs> whatever. I don't even know. I don't have words for that energy. But yeah, that Kali energy of like, I will. Yeah. Turn shit down. Yeah. I think that's this is the, this funny. That's root chakra energy. You know, mm. I think that's what we're all facing right now. Root chakra also talks about where we're imbalanced in our stability and our immune systems, you know, all that stuff. So, you know, the root is really a focus on anything that we're doing. I think this is a perfect timing and segueing into realizing no matter what profession that we're in, always get back to the basics and it starts from the root, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah Self-responsibility. Yeah. To be an adult. <laughs> so It'll be fun, they said. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't wait. Couldn't wait. Now it's... Oh, my God. I was like, when I was 16, I was like, oh, I'm going to wear lipstick. When I was 16, I was like, why? I was like, this is stupid. I was like, what was I? <sighs> and then it, it just was like a blur. Like, even for me to say I'm 42 this year, it's like a, what? <laughs> It feels like vampire years. Like this is, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> I can't describe it in anything as that, but. <laughs> I think vampire years is a great term for like every year that you go past like a certain age. Like those are just your vampire years. You just like keep yes. looking young, keep looking fresh. And... Yeah. This society respects vampires. It's like, you got to get bit in the neck. Why can't you respect Gertrude? She has just as enough knowledge and wisdom as anybody else. So, but you know, yeah. you got to have fangs and, and youthful skin. <laughs> <laughs> and an attitude. <laughs> and I, now I know this. <laughs> I know I'm having such a good time just feeling your energy. My God. <laughs> And uh, so now I know your esthetician secret. All your, you just give your clients the the vampire treatment. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I I also talk about you know, I try to be as transparent as possible. You know, um, even though my struggles and challenges are different and they won't show up the same, um, letting them know that you know I am I'm actually a part of the reason why doing this behind the scenes and healing is happening for women like myself because I used to model independently for two and a half years. And I went to model agencies and one of them told me straight to my face, I wasn't white enough nor black enough to be represented. And it crushed me. And I said, okay, so I'm gonna represent myself independently. And I did amazing things. But then I would look at the makeup artists and every time I would see them, them do makeup, I was like, gosh, you know, she wouldn't have to use so much primer if she would take care of her skin. And then it's had a eureka moment when I realized that 
the modeling industry was pretty much the same as the whole concept of looking the part and not being the part. So we wanted to work more on the outer and not focus on the inner. And so at that moment, I just said, wow, I need to do something and I want to do something that will encourage men and women from behind the scenes. And that also too, I did not want to be looked at as the standard of beauty. I wanted to be, you know, a part of the percentage, but also highlighting that we all have a great percentage to offer in beauty and, you know, in our own way. So when I started looking up about what aesthetics was, because I thought it was just facialist, I didn't even know it was esthetician, you know, um, mm -hmm. I actually found a school that was turning into a college and they offered aesthetics technology and I took it, it was a nine month course. And straight after school, I was brave enough to basically audition and interview for a position at a five star, five diamond hotel and spa straight out of school. And I did it. They made space for me. Like they were already at capacity. Um, but because the director at the time thought I was ballsy enough to come in there and be like, I'm going to give it a shot. And um, I had to give uh, the assistant director from South Africa um, a facial. And she just could not believe that I was straight out of school um, because it was, it was what I was meant to do. It was my passion. So it, um, it led me to you know, dealing with different modalities. Like I've worked at an apothecary. I've worked at um, uh, pretty good high-end spas, you know, Four Seasons. I've done freelance work with them. I've done um, Ritz-Carlton freelance work with them. So it's like all that stuff is great on paper, but there are a lot more, there are a lot more faces that I wanted to reach because not everyone can afford a 200 to $400 facial. Um, that's great for me. But I, I also wanted to be able to balance that and share that with the whole and still not worry about me and my bottom line because I can't be poor <laughs> trying to give richness and, and wealth to other people. I can't give what I don't have. Um, and so it led me to where I am today um, with Carla Sugar. So <laughs> just still building. Um, but it was a, a big wake up call for me once I realized how much we do so much work on the outer and not focus on the inner. And once I shifted my focus on the inner with myself, it kind of guided me in the path of where I am today. And I'm sure I have more adventures and frontiers to go, but at least in this moment, I can really say and reflect back that all that led me up to here. So I'm really grateful. That's outer is reflective, of inner, is reflective of inner, so. Yeah, yeah, totally. And uh, yeah, I love that you want to be able to give that to people who can't afford it as well, because it's really expensive to get a professional high, high end facial. It is. So it, it can be, you know, I could do facials that um, are low grade, like I won't say low grade, like they're bad, but like it's a product thing, you know, and it's a it's a labor. It's it's a labor intensive act, depending on what kind of treatments you get. Um, the way that I was taught, like I know how to do facials for up to two and a half hours. Wow. And while it's, it's a lot of foo-foo and all that stuff as far as relaxation, um, I also been taught to deal with products that are more intrinsic, that actually do some changes on the dermal layer of the skin. And so, you know, it's, it's, multi, it's multifold, you know. So the other part is, is I want people to understand there's a subjective term when, when it comes to what we deem expensive. Um, we're now seeing how much self-care um, is quote-unquote expensive versus it's more expensive to be in the hospital right now because we didn't focus on the time you could have taken to maybe go to the gym and have some sauna time, you know, to do the things that we can do for our bodies and no judgment, but it's, um, it's one of those things where I always say that at some point, skincare is not going to be viewed as a luxury. And until yeah. then, you know, of course, we're going to have to be resourceful and go where they see it as a necessity. But in that space, I also wanted to teach people that you put your best face forward. So even if it's something that you get and it costs 30 bucks, 20 bucks, 15 bucks, I found eye creams, lip creams that, well, not eye creams, lip creams that were like five bucks and it was amazing, you know, but 
it's more about the quality of life for yourself. Because sometimes I do believe that that placebo sugar pill thing works. Some people are using their old school oil of Olay and they love it. And because they love it, it works for them, you know? Yeah. So um, I think it's, it's, really, it's really one of those things that we got to really examine, you know, because to me, it's more expensive to feel when you're on your deathbed, you know, you're like, God forbid, all the things you think of you regret doing was part of that is spending time with you, you know, doing something you've never done for yourself. And the other part, it's such an amazing feeling and blessing for me when I get people who've never had a facial for the first time and they get to have me who's like super like into it and I'm passionate and I'm really, you know, deeply about professionalism, um, minus the curse words, that's only for the show, but (laughs) it really makes me feel like I've done the best pioneering job I could do because I could move forward and put my hands on someone who's never experienced this. And if they never see me again, that I will make this facial more memorable so they know that it inspires them to take care of their skin because they loved how it felt afterwards, you know? It's a good facial workout too. So, you know, people, you feel when you work out. So, yeah. And I, (laughs) I do think it's really important. And, you know, I'm a massage therapist as well. And uh, I'm obviously a coach. And I do think that the mindset hopefully is changing rapidly, that these things are necessities. You know, these, these are the things like getting a facial, you know, taking care of your body, going to the sauna, getting a massage. These are the things that make us feel good in our bodies. And when we feel good in our bodies, we really have that natural health and wellness that kind of wells up from inside. So I absolutely think that everybody should get to feel that deep level of relaxation and like love, you know, it's like an act of love, I'm sure for you, even though it's professional when you're giving someone a facial. Yes. Absolutely. Um, And it's also love of self too, where I will find that the things that we nitpick over, they're really not that big of a deal. And while they might seem such, you know, it takes sometimes another person to be your mirror to -hmm. say, you know, it's not that big of a deal. So even for me, um, when I see clients and they have real, real problems and struggles um, with certain areas, and we're working together to get through it, I still have to go home and be like, you know, I have to really be kind to myself. Don't judge myself. Be aware of this is a beautiful opportunity to be thankful for having skin in the first place. You know, it's your first responder for nerve pain, temperature changes, um, all of the things that we neglect to be thankful for. Like it protects our skull and our organs in our bodies and it's the largest living breathing organ of the body you know so once we get acquainted with what the first reason for it being here is then it becomes easier to say you know i'm going to be a bit more um gentle with myself because it's just a pimple and it will go away i have the tools to um you know get rid of the bacteria but if there's evidence of it there you know, whoever's around me, they got to deal with it, you know, because the more you love yourself, the less people are going to be like, you know, that's ridiculous. Why? Why are you bringing it up? Did I bring it up? Who said something? You know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They probably don't even notice it. Yeah. I've heard that a lot of times. Like many people would be like, if you didn't have that 50 times magnifying mirror in your room, you wouldn't see half of the shit that you look at. Because a lot of times people are like, I wouldn't even notice that until you said something. How many times have we heard that before? Um, That we, we, and it's okay, you know, it's just that we alert ourselves so much to the things that really people are not really focused on, you know. Um, And so it's a good opportunity also to tap into where we are putting our self-esteem, you know, where are we focusing our self-love as far as our self-talk? You know, because we usually, whatever we're feeling, it that's a part of the therapy part. It's like, you come, I've, how many clients I've had, you have no idea, that will come and say, oh my God, I'm so sorry I came in with my makeup on. Do you go to the doctor and say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm so, I'm so sorry I got this cut on my leg and I had to come here? What? 
I'm here to help you. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I try to make this space so it's judgment free, but also too to allow us to see each other as mirrors so that at some point we can look and see the, the real scope and lens of what's really important, you know. Um, like right now, I know we're probably having to be a little bit more um, creative, you know, as things start to dwindle down supplies wise, or, you know, you're having to use the products. I know my clients are probably using the products for the exact amount that it's supposed to be now, knowing that there may be, you know, a shipment issue, you know, whatever might happen. Um, we just got to be resourceful to knowing the skin is there for one reason and one reason only. And it's only going to reflect what we do inside and how we feel about ourselves inside. So. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> sure. I hope it wasn't a lot. I feel like I say so much, but I'm like, no, it's great. You go really deep and I feel like I can just sort of like absorb the, <laughs> the enormity of what you're sharing. So I appreciate I'm so glad. Yeah, I Thank appreciate you. you. Yeah. I appreciate you too. This is a great opportunity <laughs> to, um, wow, to see your face, catch up with you. And I actually haven't had the questions asked of me that you've asked me today. And so um, you've made me dig deep. And I think that's why I started going into the depths of what I have. Because um, I also didn't realize, you know, this is also part of really ensuring the passion that I have is a real thing for not just being an esthetician, but a lover of life, a lover of people and um, a forever student, you know? So I'm so grateful for you for this opportunity. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. You're so welcome. Thank you. Ah, oh, um, <laughs> yes. I, uh, this is like going to be a totally crazy segue because okay. uh, we've been talking about this. Well, actually, maybe not. Um, I did want to ask you because I've never even asked you like personally in chatting. I've never asked you about your time in the army. I'd love oh. to hear about that <laughs> side of your life and what okay. anything you want to share. Uh, sure. Um, so I went in at 19 and um, that was in 1997. Wow, I'm aging myself here. That's amazing. I love it. <laughs> this is how you know I'm 42. Um, <laughs> so, um, funny thing, I was I scored pretty pretty decent for the ASVAB, and um, they were trying to push me. The recruiters were trying to push me to become the air traffic controller. And I am so grateful that I was such a nerd. My mom, God rest her soul, this is her hat actually. And so, because her birthday month is this month, um, in April, um, I always oh, wear her hat, you know, to honor her. But um, she made me read the encyclopedia and the dictionary growing up, right? Oh my God, I was the worst growing wow. up. But now I'm like, yes, <laughs> I'm a nerd. So, <laughs> so they were trying to make me do this, that sign up to be an air traffic controller. And I says, no, I says, first of all, I know they make six figures leaving, but they have the most high suicidal rate and hazardous job because it's just you and two flashlights. And hopefully the signals are being shown from the FAA towers to the pilot so that they can land this plane appropriately. And they're up at many times of the night. And they looked at me like, who does she think she is? <laughs> So my recruiter gave me the heads up on everything. He was like, there's an army Bible. You can look up your MOS, which is your military occupational specialty. And I asked them for the army Bible. And they're like, how did you know? I was like, I just know. Give me the Bible, <laughs> sir. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. So, <laughs> so they, gave me, they gave me the Bible. Long story short. I'm flipping through, and at this point, they're like pissed off because I'm taking a long time because it's like biblical proportions. It's like over 600 pages. And so I finally, I was like, God, please help me find something because they're going to get pissed off and I don't want to get shipped to somewhere. And I spotted this long engineer. That's all I saw, blank, blank, blank engineer. And I looked and I was like, ah, oh, topographic, topography. I was like, oh, that's dope. I would love to do that. And so I picked the job and I went to um, training at Fort Belvoir, Virginia for six months after basic training in um, South Carolina, Fort Jackson, I had to think about it. 
And essentially after making, oh my God, I think we had like 45 women to start with and 15 of us in our platoon graduated. It was pretty wow. intense. Um, I loved, I love the ability to look back on it and say I was able to do it because it's something that now I'd look back and say, wow, not a lot of people made it. You know, that's really dope. <laughs> so, but anyways, wow. um, so after Fort Belvoir, um, we, we get shipped off to your permanent station to where you perform your duties and your job. And I was the only one for three years to leave from there to go to Hawaii. I was 5,000 miles away from everyone. Um, I'm originally from New York. And so most of my family is on the East Coast. And um, it was a very, very like full experience. I've had some ups, I had a lot of downs, but I had a lot of ups to um, help me through the down periods. Um, it, was, it was the fact that I knew I was helping to pioneer the way for other women, for other women of color, for other people, human beings in general, to do something that is extraordinary at a young age, um, that kept me going. And I'll never forget when I was on Waikiki Beach, I met this older couple, um, and I don't remember their names now, it's been so long, but they asked if they could speak with me. And I said, sure, you know, they were just chilling out on their little beach towel, and, and he asked how old I was, and I said, I'm 19. And they looked at me and the wife says, I'm 70 something. I think she's like 76. And um, uh, sorry, it was, it was such an emotional moment because they both looked at me like a child, like I was their grandchild. And she says, we saved our whole lives to come here. We waited for our children to graduate from college. And here we are, and we can't even really enjoy being here. And she said to enjoy every moment and you know have fun for us you know and and i was just sitting here like holy shit snacks it hit me like i'm a girl from queens new york and i ended up in hawaii at 19 years old and i'm supposed to live here for four years and all i gotta deal with these snotty stinky men <laughs> and this whack-ass uniform no i'm kidding not whack i mean green wasn't the green and brown wasn't my color. I was just like, ah. Oh. No, I, no, no, no. I, you know, I, I did it because, you know, also too, you know, I didn't want to continue to push through life going to junior college and working. Like I would be a super senior by then. That business model doesn't work for anybody to graduate in two years with everything that's, you know, expense wise, what time is dedicated at work to maintain your lifestyle. It's very difficult. So um, I don't regret it. You know, looking back now, um, I was told that 1% of the entire population of the United States actually signed up to join the military. And I said, that's huge. 1% of the entire population, that's a cool 1% to be in, you know, at least for me, because I've learned so many life skills. I've met so many lifelong friends who became my family who are all over the world. And it made me do have the ability to do things like drive from Maryland to North Carolina for two hours just to meet you. <laughs> Thank you, God. And go back immediately like, oh my God. I was so tired when I got home. I was like, what are you thinking? And I was like, but I met Kimberly. It was worth it. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so, so for those of you listening, uh, we actually, Carla and I met, I don't even know how many years ago at this point, four years ago? Maybe? It's about four years now, yeah. And uh, we met at a, at a retreat, um, Sensual Movement Meditation Retreat run by Narkia. Uh, yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, just felt like I met like someone from my soul pod, I guess. <laughs> my, little, my little Atlantean soul pod. That's I love I'm, it. <laughs> so I think about it. So yeah, wow. So you spent four years in Hawaii, mm -hmm. is that right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so and then when did your military career officially end? Uh, at the beginning of uh, 2002. Um, okay. So, so yeah. September 11th had just happened, and about yeah. um, later that last year. And uh, interesting, I prayed to God. I was like, you know, if I'm to clear the military on time you know, then I promise to do what I love and love what I do. Because 
at a certain period when they declare war, um, they have what is called a stop loss. So that means no one can move, no one can get out of the military. You stay indefinitely. And um, a friend of mine, her indefinite ended up being nine months. And that's a long time to be in the military without knowing, you know, when you're going to leave. Um, but I was able to clear at my particular time. And so I did finish my college education and right after that. And then right after that, I was literally breastfeeding in one hand and typing up a 60 page thesis paper in the other to graduate. And um, I went to aesthetics technology right away. And I was grateful that I was able to do it. You know, it was crazy doing it back to back, but I did that in my 20s, um, knowing that when I'm in my, you know, early years or later years, um, see, I'm a vampire, I say early years, right? I'm going backwards. <laughs> Benjamin Button. <laughs> but, um, but in my later years that, you know, I would want to work smarter, not harder. Um, I would want to use my brain and my wisdom uh, to be able to help and delegate and not necessarily always be in the physical space with it, you know? Yeah. So, I'm grateful for that experience. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, you have such a rich background. Um, yeah. Just really admire that you <laughs> went from military to kind of being in the aesthetic, uh, you know, wellness, well-being industry and yeah. just how much wisdom you bring with you. <laughs> I, um, I feel like there's a lot of hidden gifts and things that we have and that um, the moment that I started tapping into my child space, like the little Carla version of myself, I started to really see, you know, there are things that I'm good at, you know, like I did special investigations also for three and a half years in DC. And, you know, it's good on paper, but then I was like, I don't want to be Inspector Gadget my whole life, you know, because I'm great at doing it, but it was like, is that the fruit of who I really am? And I want to do what I was destined to do, what edifies my soul that if I never made money from it, I would still feel good, but it would feel damn good if I made money from it too. So every moment that I allow myself to be free enough to say, I'll just play. Like, for example, I've been teaching myself bass guitar on and off for like three years. Um, I write calligraphy, you know, and I'm going to be doing that more. Um, I love to dance. Um, I've wanted to do choreography since a kid, you know. Um, so those are the things that I say, no matter what I'm into industry-wise, just don't lose that identity of you because it'll keep you tethered to God. And if you're tethered, you'll always know exactly where to go, even through uncertainty, you know? Um, and then it's okay. Like I literally had to be okay with having such a vast background because while it back in the day was people were like, oh my God, he's all over the place. Now it's like, wait, she's all over the place. She knows a lot more. Like now I get those experiences are warranting me um, some wisdom and insight and experiences that you can only have by doing it and being in it. And so I can talk about it from a, a, a better space, you know, and in a passionate space because I've been there. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What a beautiful picture. And I can really relate to what you're saying as well as someone who was all over the place and um you know and and as you're saying yeah now the pieces start to come together and it's like oh yeah well i can do video editing great i'm gonna do this podcast oh i can i've got this other skill like it's all it all makes sense when you follow your heart when you follow your passion mm -hmm. i feel like it's yeah. you can't go wrong you can't go wrong mm -mm. um I do want to ask, um, I know that you're a mother as well, and that's like part of your identity. It's one piece yeah. of your, of who you are. How, um, how has having a child influenced like the way you parent your inner child and vice versa? Like how oh. have these two things influenced each other? Holy shit snacks. You asked the hardest question at the <laughs> Oh, with a jugular. Okay. Let me sip this water, please. All right. All right. Everybody take a sip of water. And sip. Woo. All right. Thank you, Carla. No problem. <laughs> My daughter. My daughter is. Wow. She is the antithesis of 
a lot of who I was growing up. Like she is a supernova, like off the break. Like she didn't have fears. And I don't know if people understand about Scorpios. Most Scorpios I know have had like the most tumultuous beginnings because it's supposed to be a constant death, rebirth and transformational experience with them. And so um, my daughter actually taps so much into her brilliance to the point of where I have no choice. And I'll give you an example. <laughs> so all the things I've taught her, you know, manners, like she was, um, we took her to restaurants when she was one years old and taught her different things. Cause I'm a New Yorker. I'm like, listen, we're going to have Ethiopian. We're going to have Indian. We're going to have Italian. We're going to have all the things, right? All the world. And we taught her to pray, you know, over her food to bless it and bless those who don't have food and to make sure the food is clean, blah, blah, blah. And people were like, how did you do that? Like, I'm like, because we just talked to her. So fast forward, I'm thinking, great, I have this amazing, brilliant child. She's spelling the word beautiful at three years old at this point. And so we're running late for school. So I'm like, all right, let me hurry up and make a quick breakfast. So her favorite breakfast at the time was English muffins. It's like, Layla, you got to hurry up. Let's eat this, like, you know, English muffins. We got to go. She's like, mommy, these are not English muffins. And she just got real defiant all of a sudden, defensive. I'm like, well, well what are they? They're language muffins. I'm like, okay, fine. Here we go. So they're language muffins now. So same night, same day. So she's taking her sweet time. And you know how you kind of like shoo them, kind of like push their little book bag, like, come on, let's go move a little bit. She's like, kind of do 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 the little door of the explore walk. And I'm like, let's go, we're late for school. <laughs> and she's like, mommy, are you pushing me? I was like, yeah, you're walking so slow. We have to go. She's like, mommy, that's not nice. And then all of a sudden she starts singing, not, 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 not nice. I said, you know what? She, is, she was made specially for me. She got me out of all of myself in that moment. I was like, you know, she's right. She's in her playful way, owning her space and seeing through my hurriedness how to slow me down and to get me to be full circle, like, hold up. Mommy, we already late. <laughs> so I was like... Okay, and so fast forward, um, she's a teenager. She's taller than me and, and she, oh my God. So she's been in Kung Fu since the age of two. Um, she did that for 10 years, did parkour for two and a half years, taught herself Korean, writes in Korean, um, taught herself piano and is a super avid soccer enthusiast. She loves Cristiano Ronaldo and I'm hoping to get her to meet him one day. She loves him and idolizes not him, but his stats, which I adore about her. Like what kid has only the stats on their phone about their favorite player, which is so cool. Yeah, um, she's got the right idea. She, but she pulls out of me a lot of logic. You know, I'm very, you know, you know, pretty much in the feels a lot more than I am in my right brain. And when I am, it's because I have these corporate background and corporate knowledge and jobs um, in my past. Um, but so essentially, sorry, my battery wants to be crazy and show That's up fine. here. Hold on one second. And we're back to our already scheduled programming, which is already in progress at the studio. <laughs> back to you, Kimberly. <laughs> this is quarantine. Well, Layla Kai. <laughs> yes. Quarantine follies. Um, so Layla Kai brings, she brings out the best in me by having me examine why I'm doing what I'm doing, you know, um, and even in the questions she's asked me, you know, as a teenager, I feel right now she is, um, she's so wise and looking at the world that we're in, it's almost like she has to be, um, her life experiences. I really pray one day she writes a book about or talks about publicly because some of the things she's traversed, which I'm not going to explain because it's her story, but some of the things she's traversed at a young age and is able to articulate about her, not just her feelings about it, but her, um, her resolution about it. Like she was picked at her school at nine years old to be a part of a junior peer counseling um, to learn, um, what is it, uh, conflict resolution. 
and other modalities to help her be a leader amongst her peers. And I just really, I really am blessed to have her as my kid. Like she literally to me is my, she's my teacher, you know, she's my ancestor. Like I look to her for wisdom, even when she's not trying to give it, you know, simple things like recently with the whole quarantine shutdown, you know, I'm in a service industry. And so she's very wise and is listening to what's happening. And uh, she's like, mommy, you know, are you okay? You know, I have money. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, sweetheart, just the fact knowing that you have money and that you're, you're such in a willing space to be like, I, you know, I'm, I'm ready. You know, what are we doing? That just makes my heart smile. It's like, we're, we're fine, sweetheart. You know, God always makes a way. Um, and we're built for this moment. We have everything that we need and what we think we need or don't need that will come up to, you know? So she, she just really shows me, um, wow. Like kids, kids are awesome. Kids are blessings. Now, is she a pain in the ass sometimes? Oh my God, hell yeah. <laughs> like there's days where it's like, why do you have an attitude? You don't have a job. You don't even know what beer smells like. Why are you tripping? You know, like you haven't had it hard. Do you need you need a cigarette? What what what, what did high school do? You know, like, I'm like sometimes I just I just try to connect. But I get you know the other side is their pressures are are so so different. They have a lot of access to excess, and um, they're forced to grow up a a fuck ton more than we were, you know, I, I hate to say it, but it is what it is. Um, and so I give her that leeway and understanding in that space, but it does, it does push on me because it makes me have to love more. It makes me have to be creative and disciplinary actions more. It, it makes me have to be in tune more with her. Um, and thank God we've had the experience of homeschooling before. So this moment is not um, a big deal as far as the shift in that perspect. The the shift is because it's coupled with tragedy, you know, and the reason we're having to do it is because it's out of force. So we are working through that. And thank God, because of her intuitive brilliance um, and her helping me grow, it's helping us grow and make it through the situation with as much positivity and less shrapnel as possible. I tell all parents, listen, if you can say that no children are harmed, no children or animals were harmed in the making of this film you had a good god dog on day <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah yeah even not having kids i feel that i feel that right now yeah i see your, the easy. angst on your face <laughs> you're like oh my god i can't even <laughs> well as someone who's still contemplating having her first child who's in that in between you know mm-hmm. it's personally interesting for me as well to hear about your experience with the with your daughter and yeah it does seem like kids are here to like kind of push us in the ways that we need to be pushed to grow and become better people that's that's something that I've gathered from observing um you know my own relationship with my mother who raised me as a single mom and then seeing other people with their kids so yeah your daughter sounds yeah. really wonderful she's cool she's really cool <laughs> not just because she's mine but it helps that she's mine it helps that she's mine because then I can brag on her I have reason to brag on her but um yeah but yeah it's um and Kimberly just know that this is a different time too you know um whenever you do decide to have children that your support level is going to be so much more expanded you know I don't feel that we've had the openness to even look at having communal connection you know especially with women and dealing with birthing and and parenting and so there's a lot more resources and tools um and you have a lot of people who can give you experiences that they've had to help you traverse through your own journey um which i think is something that this is great that you're doing because this is a part of um storytelling you know from our experiences so that this could be played later on and for future um listening and people will gather something hopefully you know for their experience even in that particular time that they're listening to this so you know just just know that you're supported and this time is an amazing time i know that it's it's a little tricky with kids um 
but if we're able to tap into our own inner child and find the playfulness, find the surrender to just being like, you know, I can't change anything, you know, for the things you can change, sure, you know, um, do the best you can, you know, and don't yeah. beat yourself up about it, but just finding that wisdom that they just naturally, it's like an eight for them, that they know, case or ah, or ah, you know, um, their world is so much more um, focused than ours has been. And like one example, I looked at my daughter when she would react if I, you know, she wanted something when she was like younger and she would cry about it. I'm like, why is she crying so deeply about this? I said, you can have it later. But I got it then. I said, the concept of later for them doesn't make sense because they are mm. in the now moment more than we are. And so right now, all I know is my world is torn apart because I can't have the satisfaction of what it is I'm asking for right now. And that means that I'm going to feel this torment because if I don't have this next moment, I have to grieve this now moment. And so I know it's probably not that deep for people, but for my situation, it helped me to kind of see where, um, where we can navigate better in our relationships with children because our perspectives are different, but the meaning of the connection is the same, is to grow an expansion of love and to understanding what unconditional love looks like from your womb to the next. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, beautifully said. Wow, so rich, everything you just said. Yeah. Thank you so much, Carla. I Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I wanna, you've already shared so much wisdom with us. If you have any just like for the listeners at home, any like one self-care at-home beauty tip as practical or as esoteric as you like, just like one thing that <laughs> can do right now at home in quarantine to take care of themselves. Yes. Um, one thing I like to do that I like to say always is free 99. Look in the mirror and really look in the mirror. Look at yourself. Don't look for the flaws. But just look at your skin and look in your eyes and say, thank you. Like literally, just say thank you. And sometimes I say thank you over and over and over while I'm looking at my face. And then sometimes I'm led to look at the rest of my body, to look at my hair, you know, whatever I'm led to, to just be in that space. And it's sometimes it's only 30 seconds worth of you giving yourself that gratitude because we give so much out. But let that time, like first thing in the morning, don't wipe the dust out of your eyes. Don't brush your teeth. Like seriously, like we want our lovers to deal with our shit. We gotta deal with it first. So, <laughs> so for me, it's simple, you know, be thankful and just, you know, if you have a blemish, if you have, um, something that's abnormal or irregular on your face, take it as a lesson. You know, we're all supposed to be very unique and understand that our journey is unique. So when you come from that space, you can never say that that took over your joy. Allow that to release every time you're thankful because it's your skin, honey. Can't nobody do you but you. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. I love you, Kim. For no I love reason. you. I love you because you're here. I love you because you are. Thank you so much, Carla. Thank and you. It was such a pleasure to get to speak with you today. I'm so moved by what you shared. Oh, um, thank you. This was so awesome. I hope so much, many prosperous, amazing interviews and that you get to continually change lives with just a simple carry of your voice. I adore you and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> Shoulder simmies. <laughs> 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 I will talk to you very soon. Take care of yourself. Peace.
Hey, Wild Orgasmic Wisdom listeners. I got so excited talking to Carla that I forgot to tell you where you can find her on the internet. So you can go to her website, which is www.carlassugar.com or on Instagram at carlassugar. It's C-A-R-L-A-S-S-U-G-A-R. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day.